Greetings, everybody. Welcome to episode 165. Thanks for being here. It's Monday. And, uh, when you're entering, you can say <clears throat> where you're from. Hey, Sol, great to see you here. Hey, Grace, being there, great to see some new faces jumping in. Um, this is an interactive space. This is a space you can ask questions, comments, share stories. Uh, you can hit the heart button, the wow button. The, uh, <clears throat> Welcome, Kevin. Kevin's my guest today, Kevin Walton, amazing human being, which we're going to delve into all sorts of things about life, universe, self-actualization, self-realization. Hey, Nathan, good to see you. I'll be, I'm heading to Asheville to, after this, actually. I'll be driving down to Asheville. I'm in the state of Maryland, Maryland right now. So uh, I'll be seeing you soon. You saw that we have the event next week coming up. Let's bring Kevin in. The adding mechanism is in place. Welcome, Luba. There, there you are. Hey, brother. Hey. You hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, you know, it's like what I, what I love about what you're doing is you're integrating all these different elements. You know, it's like there's a term that um, I use sometimes, which is uh, – well, I haven't, I haven't invented, but I like the term – renaissance man right like you you're you you delve into all these different areas and you you um instead of being compartmentalized of like this is just the only area where i'm gonna get my attention to it's like no we're a holistic being you know right so it's like what i see you doing that i love is like you know you're you're an actor you're you're a musical artist you're 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 delving into spirituality you're into like the coaching realm you're um you're into physical fitness right so it's like it's like the full package you know and i feel like we can bring these this these truths into all the areas of our life you know including our relationships including so it's like you know i was talking to you on the phone it's like there's this sense of um separation that i don't know we for whatever reason we've had that we've had that this thing of like these and it's like you're kind of breaking down all these walls, I feel like. You're breaking down these these walls of separation and bringing it all together as like this this activation can come into every aspect of life. So that's 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 how that's what I see you and that's what inspires me at what you're doing and I feel like that's also what I aspire to do in my life. So um could you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> sure, I appreciate that. Um, thank you very much, brother, for recognition. And I think you hit it on the head. Um, you know, on my journey in life, what I realized, especially with the insight I have and the journey of self-awareness and self-actualization that I've been on, 
is the realization that everything is a spiritual experience, right? That every, every single aspect of us um, is spirit and everything is spirit pervading all things. And so all we're ever doing um, is exploring our, our journey of really being our full expression in every moment, in every aspect of our lives. And I noticed for me, being able to follow my heart a lot of the times with different things, growing up like an athlete, always kind of writing poetry at the time, loving music and getting involved in that and, and getting into acting and, you know, doing personal training. Cause I, I knew, you know, like all stuff about the body from being an athlete. I just could see the correlations of everything. Cause on my journey for everything that I discovered about myself being an athlete and, um, you know, understanding how momentum works in mindset and the physical body, um, in music, understanding how to connect with crowds and how to tap into different minds capacity to be more creative, even learning instruments and with acting, same thing, you know, tap into emotions, like everything in my life that I've done has all been a testament of accessing some kind of greater self-awareness and uh, ability and then seeing how it connects to everything. And the, for me, the one underlying cause of all of that is like my spiritual practice is that's been the foundation of everything for me is tapping into a space of empowerment, knowing how we create our reality. And if I am pursuing these things, how can I utilize this insight in this dynamic? And um, even when I think back to my journey, when I was less aware and expansive as an individual, um, when I look back at some of the things I went through and what it really offered me, I could still see that like sacred opportunity in that. And so being able to know that there's no separation to it, I think is the most important thing that it doesn't have to be this, um, this spiritual identity per se, or this parameter of how it's supposed to look. It's the recognition that the spiritual path is, are you really living in your honest, full self-expression in whatever you're doing? And is that also, um, you know, leaving a lasting impression of light and inspiration for others to know they have the ability to do the same. And, uh, and I always, everything that I do when it comes to acting and music and, you know, even sports or any of that, Anytime anyone has a conversation with me, it always ends up going like to the deep route of spirituality and multidimensional capacities and emotional intelligence. And so I've kind of known for that in the different industries for that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm very grateful and blessed to be able to um, tap into some of my gifts and tap in the industries with them and bring more of that awareness, insight and love to it for sure. Mm -hmm. This, this spiritual awareness that you have, was it something that you always had or was there some, was there, um, turning point or was there was there turning points how it opened for you yeah i would say turning points for sure growing up i um always had different experiences and insights i didn't really know what to make of and there was nothing at the time that was showing me that this is what's happening so i just kind of took it as no one's really talking about it so i'm just going to keep it to myself and then i had a couple of friends that i would ask certain questions to and they would explore it with me but not as to the degree that i was contemplating it so I just kind of kept living my life. And then when I was 17, uh, my mom put me onto this book called Seth Speaks. And to this day, I, I always tell people, if I had a school today, that would be required reading because that book is, is a beautiful book. And when I read it, prior to that book, I had read Conversations with God. And I enjoyed that book because it was like, here's someone that's saying certain things I do resonate with and feel. And it's a different you know thought process about the nature of that. And but when I read Seth Speaks, it was like, you know, Jane Roberts channeling this being Seth and the insight he was dropping. It was every single thing that I had experienced, yet on a whole multidimensional capacity. And it was the first time that I was like, I'm not crazy. 
I'm not crazy. There's something. I'm, I'm tapping into something. And uh, and it was it was a spark for me to then consciously choose to explore what I was tapping into rather than just kind of write it off as here's things that I'm doing that I don't really know what to make of. It was the first time that I was like, okay, there's something here. And that conscious choice kind of really opened up this capacity in me and information started channeling like crazy and flowing through like crazy. And suddenly I kept experimenting with insights I was tapping into and exploring and sharing. And, and the more I kept experimenting with it, the more I kept seeing things change, you know, around me. And then I would tap into other books too. Like of course, the miracles was a, was a dope book on a lot of insights and, um, and I'd meet, come across different people in my life who would have insights, but then I'd have these really interesting, profound experiences. Uh, one always sticks out in my mind that um, revealed really important things for me. And it was about how there's something within us that is this really divine force of existence that when accessed in a moment, completely takes command of like the whole system of experience that allows us to navigate differently. And I would have little moments like that, some from dangerous experiences that could have been life, you know, like life ending or life altering these physical contexts, even though we know in consciousness, there's no end to life, um, but in the idea of my physical form and, um, and little other, other subtle things along the way. So I'd say it's definitely a different point. Uh, the catalyst, though, was that realization that I was tapping into something based on reading that book. And that just that kind of set the framework. And then what I dove into within myself and exploring the world around me really kind of catapulted the rest. And then it just never shut off. It was like the one thing I never did was judge the insight that came through. And I could easily discern the difference between truth and just my stories, because the truth would literally like rock everything I thought I believed. And every time I went back to it, it was it never changed. But I kept changing. Um, and so that just allowed more information to flow through that got so much, uh, so much came through that was like, I have to start sharing this. And that led me to starting the light things that led me to creating a practice that led me to figuring out how to mold systems that we can apply on a regular uh, basis um, on how to live at this capacity. Mm. It's, it's something you said a lot of beautiful things. One, th one thing that, that struck me was this, this, um, when we think of it as creative energy, you know, so it's like, I'm, I'm creating something, I'm creating this, I'm creating that, I'm creating that. But mm -hmm. the way you kind of articulated it made me see it in, a, in a, a different way that was more clear, which is like, when you're in your highest capacity of creativity, it's almost like you're in your highest capacity of channeling, right? So it's like mm -hmm. you're in the highest capacity of creating something. It's like, paradoxically, you're in the highest capacity of not doing anything. Really, it's like you're just like exactly. wide open for this higher, this higher intelligence, right? To like to move through you, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like the way I describe in the in my practice is that that's our natural state, right? Our natural state of being is divine. Our natural state of being is empowered, connected, whole. It's masterful. And so whenever we're stepping into a greater expression of ourselves, it's us accessing the greater capacities within us to then navigate the world, the, the game from that. And that higher capacity is like, you know, some people call it Akashic Records, some will have different names for it, but it's, I call it the, just the all in the self, right? So in the self, the more expansive version of us is everything, every possibility, every skill set, every memory, every, every dimension we've ever lived. And when you're choosing to access different states, you're accessing greater capacities within you that you're essentially either tapping into, accessing, channeling to then embody within physical form and play out. 
if that makes sense. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, so, so let's talk about the word um, uh, power. You know, it's like like uh, owning your power, right? So it's like this power is, mm -hmm. like you said, all around us. It's like and we all have access to it. And it feels like for whatever reason, as human beings, we have like a kind of weird relationship with power. Like we, 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 we like are afraid of it or we think it's bad or it's not a good thing mm -hmm. or, you know, so like, can we, yeah. how do we look at that in a different way? I have the perfect way to look at that. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a, a huge distortion about the idea of power and the way that I express it is that power isn't something we have. It's what we are. Right. It's literally what we are. So power is essentially life force energy. And anytime we're living in our lives where we're tapping into higher states of vitality, higher states of energy and sustaining that energy, greater clarity, that's actual power. Uh, when we think of having to force something or dominate others or other things that are much more limited in scope of Still there, Kevin? Using less power. So power is only how much of my life force energy am I accessing to live fuller? That's the true measure of power. And when we look at it from that way, that becomes the only question. It also means that you're never powerless and no one can ever take your power away from you. Ever. Right? You are never powerless and no one can ever take it away from you. The only question in reality creation is, am I using more of my power or less of my power? And that's what we do in every interaction. That's what we do in every moment of our lives. It's we're either using more of our life force energy to experience greater capacities of self or less of it to experience a limited idea of ourselves. Yet the power is just about us the nature of our own divine expression which is a completely different standpoint than the idea of what we think, what power is in relation to it, which is why it can be so interchangeable in the narrative of the human experience itself. Mm. So when someone's trying to control others, that's actually a lack of power. Exactly. When someone, when someone wants to control others, it's because they actually feel less powerful. Mm -hmm. They feel less exactly. powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's the feeling that drives that choice. Because when you feel powerful, right, when you feel confident, when you feel self-assured, that's the true power, mm -hmm. you have no desire to do that, mm -hmm. right? And you just show up in, in the space and you're just embodying yourself in a, mm -hmm. in a greater degree. So is it limiting beliefs that present us, that prevent us from accessing or being aware of our true power? Say that one more time. Is the it, the is phone is breaking up. Is it limiting beliefs that prevent us from being aware of our true power? Yes, it's the it's the game. It's the game of limitations. So in the whole physical universe, right, it's the I call it the game of limitation. We're exploring all the possible ways we can return to remembering who we truly are. So then our journey becomes pretending to be this limited exploration in form making decisions, you know, creating experiences that offer insight of greater expansion of the self in every experience. And the more we expand, the more we remember who we are, the shorter our process to being 
uh, more of that greatness, divine expression, restoring the harmony, and that's the game. So we create limited identities to explore how long it takes for the shift into the remembering. And that's literally what, what it is. Our limiting identities of who we believe ourselves to be is what we play out with our power. So it's like if I'm going to be limited, Kevin, who feels insignificant or unworthy of love um, or a constant screw, whatever my narrative is about a limiting version of me, I'm using less power to experience that idea. And at any given moment, I can access more power to tap into greater capacities of me. Hmm. What, what are some of the common limiting beliefs that, that you've come across and people you've worked with or people that you've. That you oh, two of the most with, yeah, two of the most without a doubt. Um, there's, well, it's kind of, it's kind of both comes back to the same thing. Um, I realize that there's, there's very specific core beliefs that um, everyone functions with either if you're living in a more loving, empowering space or more limited and um, lacking space. And, Two of those are, I'm unworthy and I'm not enough, right? And that all goes back to the belief in being insignificant. Um, and when you break down what drives everyone in the human experience, that's literally it. Everyone wants to feel significant and they want to feel safe. And that's what drives our choices. Yet when we're living from love or our most aligned expression, we, all, we realize we already are significant and safe and our approach to life is vastly different. It becomes about sharing, opening our heart, tapping into greater connection and exploring more we can become. When I'm living it out of fear or a limited self-identity, I don't feel significant and safe. And then every choice I make is dedicating myself to finding ways to feel it at all costs. And that's where the idea of lack and unworthiness and there not being enough uh, come from and then we just color that with all the things that we like to paint that fit this, the story of that yeah. Uh, yeah yeah but that feeling unsafe and feeling insignificant are the two um, ultimate states that every limiting belief comes from mm. all based on the, the one limiting belief which is uh, separation mm. so the, the sense of sense of feeling unworthy feeling unsafe feeling insignificant and then how do you shift that? How do you, how do you, how do you go from that to feeling in your power? Uh, there's a few different ways to do it, depending on uh, which identity you're being and which one can be accessed more deliberately. Uh, one of our primary tools in the practice is getting heart conscious. And when you truly know how to tap into getting heart conscious, uh, you shift out of all identities, right? It's, it's similar to the idea of what people call present moment awareness. And being heart conscious, though, is your ability to step in, the, step in that present moment awareness beyond identity, beyond thought, beyond belief, beyond emotion. And you're just pure spirit, right? The space. And in that, you still have this multidimensional capacity of connection to be able to be informed and still feel yourself as the entire space or experience or universe. So that's one primary tool, being heart conscious. Um, another one uh, that, that is really immediate that can still be within the framework of physical identity is just getting in the body. So doing things that gets the body moving, like um, activated movement, I call it, is when you're just kind of shaking everything up, um, going for a run, doing a couple of energy activations, which we have a, a, a whole list of them in, in our practice, and there's and several people do um, different breath works. Ways that get you out of the head and into the body more, more is always the quickest route. Um, when you know how to get heart conscious, 
that one always becomes the most sustaining because when you get heart conscious and you can identify the limiting uh, identity and you've already envisioned or used your imagination to, to access the next identity you want to be, you can shift right out of the other identity, activate your energy immediately in heart conscious and just step right into the other identity fully with everything engaged, mind, body, spirit engaged. Um, and that's, that's a practice. That's a, a mastery, a dedication on a, on a daily basis. till that becomes first nature, the heart consciousness, So, I don't know if that came through or not. <laughs> no, no, I got it. it just it, it paused for a second. No, that was, that was awesome. Um, there's, a, there's a little delay sometimes, so I just got to be patient with it. Um, Absolutely. The um, so tell me if this if what I'm about to say if this resonates with what you said. So it's like you you come okay. into this space of you recognize who you really are, which is what you're calling like the heart consciousness, right, or this this present moment awareness. So it's yeah. like it's beyond any identity, right? Beyond any and all identification. Like you're, you're just like infinite awareness. And then, and then from that space, you can kind of shift the identity that you, like it kind of liberates you to, to be the identity you want to be, or kind of show up in this world, how you want to show up from this space of this awareness that frees you from thinking you were just this identity of unworthiness or this person who's, you know, whatever way you categorize yourself. You able to hear me? Uh oh, static. Uh, it was breaking up a little bit. I can hear you clearly now. Yeah, I can okay. hear you clearly now. Okay. It was breaking up a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. I was so take me through that one more time. Yeah, this sense of this this present moment awareness, this uh, heart consciousness, right, that you're talking about, and yeah. it's it like you go into this heart consciousness, and you realize that you are that which is beyond any and all identification with with anything, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then so then from that place, you can kind of come back into this world, sort of, and like kind of identify how you want, or kind of create the identity that you want kind of liberates you to show up how you want before you thought you were just in this box and this is all you you are right yeah is that exactly is that, is that yeah okay yeah, yeah. and, and when there's an, an important factor in that is when you get heart conscious uh, part of the game of life is loving at a greater capacity and so every identity that we're in um, is worthy of our love right because we are more than that identity and so when you get heart conscious, because it's in the heart connective space, which is where like our connection to source, where truth speaks, where intuition speaks, in that capacity of space, you're already recognizing the acceptance of all identities. And that loving part is really important because sometimes we want to change out of self-judgment. And you can do that. Uh, and people do, yet it isn't a sustainable model for full embodiment of expression and full access to power. So when you get heart conscious, part of being heart conscious is the recognition that everything is okay and this identity is okay. You're just now choosing to explore more. Um, and that is 
the biggest aspect in it is being able to love. Okay, cool. I love this is the version I played. I honor it. I, 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 I acknowledge it. Now I shift into something more. And that shift into something more that you mentioned, uh, in order to do that, you have to give your attention a sense of direction, right? And your attention is channeling creative energy. So you want to make sure you you have a clear identity you're asking yourself to step into. And so the same way you feel a certain identity in um, a limited sense, you want to, you want to uh, apply the same concept to a more expansive identity, right? So it's like, how does this identity feel? What's the main states and emotions this one embodies? And what is, what does he focus on or what does she focus on? How does she think? How does she speak? How does she make choices? How does he, that you can really uh, like see it and harness it. So in heart consciousness, when you're beyond everything, you know exactly where you're going to start channeling energy from there to step into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's the other key yeah. aspect is making sure there's a sense of direction. Yeah. Intentionality. It feels like it's like you're bringing these, these two things together, which I'm also really passionate about bringing together that have kind of been separate. And it's kind of, it's sort of like this, um, I call it self-realization and self-actualization. I mean, these are, you know, we can use different terms for it, but it's sort of like, there's kind of like this, this sort of Eckhart Tolle, you know, kind of realm of like just being in the now, just being like knowing who you are, being present. And then there's sort of like a kind of more like a Tony Robbins or like a, you know, law of attraction thing of like manifesting in the world and making things happen. And I feel like these have been kind of like two different camps. Like they're kind of, they, but they're actually not. They actually go together. And it feels like you're, what you're doing is you're bringing them, you're, 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 you're bringing all these elements together into one teaching, it feels like. Exactly. That's, and, and that's, and I think that's what we really need, you know, we, we, cause we're, we're, it's like, there's people that are really um, ambitious in the world, but don't have that sense of the heart consciousness. And then there are also people that, that have some sense of heart consciousness, but are, and they're in some place in their journey when I, and I know, cause I've been in that place. They're in this place in the, in the journey where they're kind of disconnected from this world. Like this world's not spiritual. This world's not, you know, this world's not like, um, yeah, this world's not, not, not um, what, where the divine is. And you're kind of like bringing in like, it's all together as one. You're bringing all these elements together. It feels like. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's so much separation and divisiveness in the nature of the physical experience when the whole game is about integration and restoring uh, the great remembering essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. It's bringing everything together. And, you know, part of my journey I used to think was that it was about bridging the gap. Right. And then I realized that there's no gap to bridge when we start realizing that it's all included, then you just embody the all in everything. And so being able to access your willingness to explore more of what you're capable of while still remaining in the sacredness of every experience is the game. It's being able to show up and say, I would love to explore me being wealthy in romance, in finances, in adventure, in friendships, in community, uh, within nature and know that you aren't at saying that because you don't feel like you have it. You're saying it because you're an infinite being that is always exploring more of itself. 
and that life is about that exploration. And so there's no separation to it. And we use the idea of separation as cop-outs a lot of the times to justify playing small, to justify our own limitation that we're afraid to face. Yet true spirituality is that openness and that honesty of being our true selves and our true selves are so more, way more expansive than we, we consider a lot of the time. And so that integration into the, the oneness of it all is so necessary. And that's exactly mm -hmm. like everything about my life is about integration it is about constantly seeing everything be the oneness of itself, that there's no separation to it, that we don't have to go and find enlightenment hiding in caves anymore. We right. can actually embody it on a, on a daily basis and live every day in the way that we so choose, yet bring the spirit of divinity within us to it. It's like heaven and earth are, not, are no longer two separate things, one and, one and the same thing. They have the potential exactly. to be the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. And the, and the remembering that they've always been when we get past our own stories about what we think it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like there, there's this old kind of idea about spirituality like you said of like you know remove yourself from the world be in the cave you know kind of abstain from worldly pleasures and you know all, all this kind of idea and it feels like there's this new consciousness that's emerging which is exactly what i feel exactly what you're talking about which is like full embodiment of the realization in this world which is why i'm, I'm really you know inspired by what you're doing and right? i think that that's kind of what we're being called to now the, the the prior one probably had its place like that was probably you know okay for that time but we're like being called into a new a new time now you know with a new consciousness say that one more time it's like where it's like it feels like what you're everything that you're talking about is like feels like what we're being called into now is like this this integration this is bringing together um, spirit and the world as one, you know, and, and, and living from this, from this place um, in this world, you know, so bringing it into this, this dimension together, feels like where it's at, that's what we're being called to now. So that, I was just saying, I'm just really inspired by what you're sharing and, you know, excited that you're, that you are sharing it. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's important, man. The, the realization of this is vital because that's, that's the new narrative, right? Like the old paradigm of thought is that things always had to be one or the other, or there was a good or bad or right or wrong. And all of that is the old paradigm of thought. That's what we use to justify ourselves within an identity, right? So if I feel myself to be less than, I have to find reasons to, to make myself feel more than. And that's the concepts we have when we say things like, well, at least I'm not that person or things could always be right. worse because I could be this person. Right. And it's like, what, in what sense of divine resonance of alignment would that make sense if we're talking about living from love, uh -huh. right? Because everyone is creating their own reality, offering something to explore, not so that you can feel better about your own struggles. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, well, I can rationalize this now because at least I'm not, you know, Joe Blow on the street. When it's like maybe Joe Blow on the street is, is happy to be on the street because there's something that he's exploring or maybe that's part of his journey because he's going to tap into something more. He isn't there as a check-in to say, wow, my life is better, right? Yeah. Everyone is there for us to realize that we're all in this together, exploring different capacities of creativity. And it isn't about separation or class levels at all. It's about how can each of us live in our fullest expression and support each other in doing that to see what happens when we move the collective consciousness forward to that degree. 
because all consciousness is interested in is that full expression. And so it, it will navigate it through every possibility. And our game then is how quickly do we remember the truth in every experience and see the sacred opportunity in the experience to remember and then mm -hmm. step into that growth and in, in that greater capacity. And it's vital. And that's kind of the, and it feels, it feels like that's what's coming of age because you're yeah. watching the old paradigm of thoughts and everything change, right? Like the old paradigm of thoughts of even spirituality that people thought spirituality is one thing is now realizing, Oh no, it isn't this. It isn't separate myself from anything. It's, it's realizing everything is an expression of me in reflection. And if I have an issue with something, if I feel like I have to separate myself from something, where am I not accepting of myself? And that doesn't mean that we all have to hang out as friends that we all, well, this means we all have to hang out no matter what. It just means that everyone is okay where they are exploring where they are. And can you accept them there as you still step into more of you? And then the more that we're representing that type of resonance and that light, the more that that becomes the example that people follow. And then things naturally evolve. Like I stopped drinking years ago and it was a clear decision for me, but it became a natural flow because I found my experience with alcohol to be an ego booster to bring out suppressed emotions when I could just own myself fully and have fun and connect without it. And I've been so clear since yet. I don't have an issue with anyone that drinks and some of my friends still drink because it's okay. It's a part of their exploration. And if they choose to get to the capacity where they live beyond the idea of, of alcohol, then they will. And I, I feel like at some point everyone does because the more that you start vibrating at different resonances and access more, certain things start to resonate differently with you. And the more that that becomes our approach, there's more self-acceptance rather than avoidance, which is what we do a lot of the time through separation. If this thing isn't spiritual, if this thing isn't love, if this thing isn't, I'm cutting it off rather than what is this thing showing me about where I can continue to be more love to show up in the world greater mm. and, and honor everything about the world that's given me the opportunity to do that. Mm. Beautiful. What, the one thing you said that's really struck me too is, I think we, we can get easily caught in this thing of being in the now or, or desiring the future. So it's like, oh, I need to be in the now so I can't think about like making a better future. Yes, yeah. I can be here now. Yeah. And I feel like what you're saying is, yes, be here now, but be here now kind of every step of the journey, you know, into the future, like creating the future in the now. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So when you think of the idea of um, past, present and future, right, all we're ever, that's just a really simple way to talk about what's actually happening. So that what's actually happening is everybody is simply shifting points of view, right? At the moment and a lot of spiritual practices teach this, the moment itself is infinite. It's expansive, right? It's all just one massive, beautiful exploration of a moment. And then we're journeying through the idea of this moment through different perspectives of the self. And that's Kevin is me as a little boy. Kevin is me now. Kevin is me as an older version of myself. All of those are existing in the same moment, right? And we're simply shifting points of view. So then our game of life is in the present moment, all my power exists because this moment is all that's here. So every time we get present, when we're heart conscious, you're stepping into the truth. And the truth is that expansiveness of, of what's really going on beyond our stories. And when we're in that capacity, you're now realizing that this is the moment you choose. And in the power to choose, 
is how all exploration and creativity happens. So then when we start saying things like I'm creating the idea of my future, or I'm visualizing my future, when you're doing it from the present moment, that's the key actually. Like if I sit there and go, I have to figure out my future while I'm sitting there judging my past, right? That's what we call fear-based functioning. And then we're like, I just don't want to experience this again. And then you're not so much present with it. But when you're present and then you choose to visualize from the present moment, that's when you're actually like tapping into something that is more of a fulfilled resonance of life. And so being present doesn't mean not thinking of the future. Being present is remembering that in this moment, you are all that you are, all that you have to be fully supported. And from that can use the energy of this moment to navigate more possibilities. And so explore the concepts of the future. Just navigate it from the, from the choice to embody more of the energy as you do so. And so practices that bring us back to presence are practices that bring us back to accessing more creative potential in the moment. And then being able to take moments to focus on the future allows us to channel energy in a direction, which is the point. That's the whole key to it. So they're all very much entwined and synonymous, yet the only thing that matters is right here and now in relation to that. So in this moment now, I can look, I can look into different points of view of my journey in this, in this moment of what we call our past and go, look at these different explorations I've been navigating in, right? And then here I am in this present moment and what explorations do I wanna navigate in from here? Yet it's always the here when we say it, like we're never going to get there, right? When we talk about the future, it isn't over there. The future is still very much right here. Yeah. And the question is, at what point do I choose to embody the idea of that? Because that's all that's happening, right? It's like the true nature of the law of attraction. The law of attraction isn't, I'm like bringing things to this version of myself right here, right? The law, the actual concept of the law of attraction is I am stepping into the frequency where that exists within the self. So I'm being the version of me that's experiencing that reality when I experience that reality. It isn't this version of Kevin that isn't experiencing that, brings that somehow to this frequency of which it isn't. You know what I mean? So that's the true nature of it. So the more present you get, the more you realize your choice to embody who you're asking yourself to be and you embody that enough within this moment, that's all the experience reveals. And that's literally what process is. Process is the illusion of how long it takes for us to accept the truth of ourselves in whatever identity we want to do that in. Process is, say that, say that last part one more time. Process. So the, the, the process is simply the ability of how long it takes for me to accept the truth of myself in, in the identity. And that's uh -huh. all it is. So the more I can accept the greater capacity of myself, the more that I can feel the mm -hmm. gratitude of honoring all that I am, the more, the shorter the span of, of what we consider time for me to just to step into it. And that's, that's, that's literally the game. Yeah. So it's like that, that whole intervening intermediate travel aspect is literally the rate of which we're like, I am this now. And in that little I am this now is I'm working harder every day and I'm going to do this and I'm going to get there and blah, 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 and da, da, and da, 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 da. I am this now. And that's sometimes what it takes for us in the human experience is doing those things because that's how we identify the embodiment of being that. And so both are necessary, right? It's both about, it's both about energy and clarity of mind and focus 
and the energy of embodying it. Because if you're going to live it, right, that means you walk like it, you talk like it, you make choices like it, you are disciplined like it, whatever you're after. So it isn't just like, I'm going to sit in my room and meditate myself into the next state of me. It's I'm going to sit in my room and visualize and be this present. And then I'm going to wake up in this present from that space and make choices that are aligned with that version of me until that version of me is all I'm being right now. And then I'll do that with another version of me right now. And then another version of me right now. Mm. And that's the game of our, our journey. So it feels like the fundamental trick where just using that word, trick, but the, the fundamental place <laughs> where people get, get really caught and it takes, it seems like it takes so much awareness to, to notice this because, you know, the law of attraction circles that I've been around, it's like so, so much. It's like, I want to create this in the future, but it's coming from a place of lack, right? On some level, exactly. like so often there's a place of lack. Exactly. So like, that seems like that's, that's the real key is like, how do you do what you're talking about without feeling like I'm lacking it now? Right. So the, the game is about uh, state and feeling, right? So, Emotion is a energetic conduit that communicates feeling and feeling is the only true form of communication. Mm. So in feeling, that's how we actually create our reality. So it's the resonant vibration of, of the state, the identity we're being that then reveals which version of us and in which world we are. So if I'm approaching law of attraction and that concept with I'm lacking this, so I want that it's the lack I'm feeling. So it's the lack I perpetuate, right? Cause it's mm. about the feeling not the words, not the vision. It's how I feel being there. Mm. And so everything about reality creation is, is uh, and everything. I mean, 100% of everything in reality creation is an internal cause, external effect. It's the ninth principle in the light beings communities, internal cause, external effect. Our life force is always flowing from the inside out. So everything that we witness in the physical reality is a side effect. It isn't the cause of anything. It's a constant side effect of our state. So when we're talking about that, then it's about accessing state to be more deliberate. And part of the journey of process is literally that. Sometimes, depending on our belief and our identity, we'll play out the game of process for however long it takes for us to feel that state more often. And sometimes that's what that extra effort takes because we have a, a certain level of validity and value to that right? Validity and value of, I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this. I earn this. I deserve this. I feel it. And for someone, it took them however long it took to put that much energy towards this idea to embody it. When if they actually knew how to embody it deliberately by, by accessing state, knowing how to get heart conscious, and knowing how to channel emotions from their mature state to communicate the exact state you want right now, that would shorten that process still make it worthwhile and valid and valuable, yet the journey is more effortless, meaning mm. that it isn't so much a push, it's a surrendering to your own command of who you're asking yourself to be. And that surrender is another vital aspect. It's the game of command and surrender, the ability to decide and the ability to move gracefully with it, to allow everything to flow that's, that will show up based on who you're asking yourself to be. Because if I'm Kevin, who is abundant, then there's no concept of lack. And this is something, and this is an ongoing thing, right? I've been doing this for years and I've tapped into amazing spaces of creating really awesome things. And then I do that and then I can feel it inside me. It's like, cool, so what's next? What, what are we gonna explore next? While still being grateful. Because then I notice where 
certain parts of my journey were about if I wanted to manifest money, I'd manifest money super quick. And then I'd just put my attention on other things. And so the next stage of me was like, okay, now let's create that sustainably, right? And knowing when I'm feeling in that abundant state and how effortlessly my choices navigate that. Uh, and, and, that and that abundance is with everything. If I'm feeling the abundance of love, my world reflects it immediately. If I'm feeling the abundance of wealth, my world will start to reflect it immediately. If I'm feeling the abundance of connection, all of that flows. And so that making that the starting place rather than the last place changes the model. And we can do that getting into the body, right? Like doing those movements I talked about before where you activate your energy and getting in that heart conscious space. Um, I have a course on emotional, which I haven't really brought out to the public yet. I'm still been, uh, getting ready to do some stuff online and do some events dedicated to it. But it's what I call emotional efficacy. In our practice, I've broken down all emotions to just six emotional conduits. And then you experience those six either from a loving space of their mature form, which is their natural state, or a limited distortion, which is their, uh, I call the gateway form. And it's the gateway form because it's when the emotion comes into your awareness and you think it's based on something outside of yourself. Yet it's really just a choice you made based on a belief in an identity. And so the gateway is what it brings to your awareness. When you know how to process it and harness that energy, it becomes this mature form. Now you're using it in way more deliberate, masterful ways. And that changes the game completely and the model completely of how we navigate this concept. So that if we go back into law of attraction, it's like, I would like to experience this because I want to experience more of what I'm capable of in my creative potential, which is far different than because I don't feel like I have these things and I just don't want to be like this anymore. I want to, I want to be that thing. And, and this version of me is just whatever. Cause that judgment is going to perpetuate somewhere and it'll show up. So if you can embody and honor where you are in an honest way and then get clear about what you want to experience and why, when you're clear about that why, that why always comes back to a feeling and state. And that's all that matters. Any experience we're asking ourselves to manifest, it's all about who we're being and how we feel, not the thing itself. And when that mm. becomes clear for everyone, we can start focusing on the feeling and then paint the picture clearer and clearer from the feeling. And then you do things that tap into the feeling more. And if I tap that feeling on a more regular basis, the shorter the span of process in, in all things. And that's everything. I've had, like, I have a buddy who did that working out where he, he started working out with me and uh, and he, but he was coming from a different state and he wasn't seeing much results, but he wasn't putting that dedication in either. Then he shifted his mind and suddenly he had this different joy about the idea of working out. And he worked out in a shorter time frame and experienced more different results because his state about the identity and who he was being was different. And I've seen that across the board with all kinds of different things with clients, friends, my community uh, across the board. Mm. What, what are the, um practices that you recommend or you personally do to, to be in this activated, this activated state, this, this state of awareness? Uh, some of the things I mentioned uh, earlier, um, movement, like I, I always take time to move when I wake up in the morning. Uh, first thing I do, I drink water. I have very specific statements I say to myself, but I say to them embodying it. And then I head out the door and take a walk or I'll go work out. I do something that's immediately activating. Um, or I'll do the energy activations that I do or breath work and meditation. These are things that are like staples in my day uh, that are in alignment with the version of me I'm choosing to be in, like in my greatest expression. And then it's a vast contrast when I don't that um, if say I, that one particular day I wake up and I immediately want to do something else, 
then I, I feel myself playing that out from a different identity. Yeah. And then I, I take a moment to catch that and shift that so we can start restoring. And it's an ongoing practice. Like sometimes I, I'll shift in an instant. Sometimes I'll navigate it through the day. But those things of getting into the body, uh, activating that energy, getting heart conscious, which is, again, the primary tool, some breath work. Uh, and I have a list of different practices that I teach in like client sessions and my workshops that all give you specific things on what, what how you can access it and then sustain it on a different uh, at a different capacity. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it yeah. really requires discipline, right? And discipline is like a word. Yeah. That, it's a word that I've had an interesting relationship with. You know, I used to have a very negative idea about it because like growing yeah. up when you're young, it's like, you're going to be disciplined. Your parents or the school, you're going to be disciplined, you know? And so I had this kind of yeah. negative idea about it. Like it wasn't somehow it wasn't about, it wasn't authentic or it wasn't something that was like spontaneous to the moment. But then, mm -hmm. you know, as I evolved and matured, it's like, oh, there's this discipline that's actually an internal discipline. It's not coming from an external source on me, which is something I actually don't want to do, but it's actually something that I do feel true intent with. And then the discipline to follow through, right? Follow through with that. So, but, but, you know, it's, it's, that's a hard, that can be hard for people. So how, what are, how do you find that discipline in yourself. You said it perfectly. That, that is absolutely. <laughs> we have that limited like belief about the idea of discipline, same way sometimes we do with commitment, right? And they're very similar and support each other that somehow us being disciplined or something is rigid or uh, confining. And it's very much the opposite. It's, it is our pathway to freedom and our pathway to greater expansion because the thing with all of us is we all develop patterns of behavior and discipline is just a dedicated pattern of behavior. And we yeah. do that unconsciously or consciously. Yeah. And so then for, for me personally, it's what type of behavior do I want to dedicate my attention to? Yeah. Right. And I have constant reminders. I have questions I ask myself and check in so that if I catch myself playing out limitations at some point, I feel it. And I'm like, is this, is this really the behavior you want to dedicate your attention to? And I go, no. And I'll ask myself why. And it's like, cause I would love to experience this and this and this. Okay. Awesome. So now that you're aware of this, show us some love. Like, thank you for showing up limited Kevin. I love you so much. And this is an aspect of like shadow work, being able to take versions of you that aren't what you consider to be your fullest expression and love them so that they can, uh, so you can restore more into your greater access of love and end up mm. more of your power. Mm. And then that constant reminder of who, who is it you're asking yourself to be now and what world are you asking yourself to experience and how willing are you to do that? Is it something that interests you or something you're committed to? And if you're committed to, that's where the discipline comes in. You dedicate that attention and that, uh, and that dedicated behavior. Mm -hmm. And so it's vital because when you get disciplined with your energy, you harness more energy and it's way more potent when you use it. You get disciplined with um, your mind. Yeah. You take more command of your mind, which you can absolutely do. Everyone can take full command of their mind and not control, but command. Um, you have more time to do more things. Like people sometimes think, well, I don't want to be stuck to this thing because then I want to have more freedom. The, I, in my personal experience, the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have. Because there are, I, I've done like breakdowns of precision when it comes to time and like how many hours are in a day in a week. And when you're disciplined with them, you have so much more time to, to utilize and do. Because when you're also consistent and disciplined, you're navigating greater energy. 
So that's where you can experience more financial abundance. With more financial abundance, you can experience more things. Or you're, you're managing your resources in different ways so that you um, give yourself more time with your relationships. You can give yourself more time with your self-care. And to think that all of that doesn't, it doesn't get to be included, right? That I have to sacrifice one thing for the other is so untrue. All of it can be dedicated attention in very harmonious ways when you get more disciplined with your energy and in command of your attention. And, and, mm -hmm. and when, you, when, that, when that becomes the truth of it and you're just present, then it's no longer about the idea of sacrifice, that I have to sacrifice this to do that. It literally becomes, in this moment, I'm focusing on this. In this moment, I'm focusing on this. In this moment, I'm focusing on this. And everything's getting full presence, which when that's the case, it doesn't matter how much time is applied to it. It's just how, how quality of the moment is because you're so fully present. And that, that concept right there has drastically changed my life when it came to managing, um, doing this work, being an actor, having my son, um, wanting to dedicate more time to my romantic relationship and my partner, um, dedicating it to, to my community and also figuring out ways to get more organized and, and, um, and more efficient. All of that is so key, but it starts with discipline. And it's something that's a very powerful tool when we realize all discipline is our dedicated attention and we're already doing it in mm -hmm. different ways when we become aware. And then just decides, do you want to keep using it limited or do you like to use it in a more empowering way? That's awesome. I had a the discipline of the mind is an interesting one. I, I had this uh, revelation um, I mentioned in the episode about it was that we did a silent retreat. So, you know, can't talk, no words. And um, we're going out on this kind of mindfulness walk. And we're in uh, Florida, uh, North Florida, like down in Gainesville area. Um, so and there's like a ton of mosquitoes out, you know, and I'm getting like all bit up, right? And I wanted to go like to the person next to me and be like, oh, God, these mosquitoes are terrible. You know, it's, it's, this is this is horrible. It's good. But I couldn't talk. So because I couldn't talk, the energy was just kind of like trapped inside me. And I had this like really lucid. I mean, of course, I knew it before, but it was like really sunk in really deeply that complaining is an absolute waste of energy. It, it's, it doesn't do anything that's helpful or, or <laughs> at all. So I'm really like, it's really something so deep. And like, I'm really watching the mind now, you know, where I'm really like, there's an increased level of discipline. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the big thing that relates to what you said is that what I noticed was this tremendous um, freedom of energy was like freed up. This energy that we used to be tied up in complaining resisting the moment yes right it's like why resist yes. the moment? It's pointless like this is what's happening you know and so this this like this discipline of the mind is something i'm really noticing how much energy we we waste we dissipate we get caught up in anxiety and worry and complaining and you know it's when you start to become aware of it it's like wow i'm leaking a lot of energy that i could be creatively using yeah exactly Exactly. Because that's, that's the key. Like the only thing that matters is realizing the truth of experience, right? Because we, we're so used to judging experiences are good or bad, right or wrong. And life has nothing to do with that. That's a, that's a egoic concept for us to make sense of things we don't like. And, we, and, and to make sense of stuff that we want to um, kind of give ourselves some sense of self-righteousness when it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what is this experience showing me in relation to 
do I feel limited or do I feel empowered? Do I feel that I'm holding myself back or do I feel like I'm really stepping further into to sharing the gift of my love? And when you have an experience that you find to be out of alignment with who you're asking yourself to be, then the only question that matters is, what do I want to do from here with this information? Right? And that's mm -hmm. the sacred opportunity experience as opposed to like, oh, this sucks. Why is it so hot? The question is, huh, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to stay yep. outside and complain about the heat or yep. go inside? Or do I want to stay in and channel my energy differently and channel the heat energy differently? Say if I'm working outside, and it's really hot. Well, I know I'm here. I know I'm doing this. So how could I utilize this experience in a more empowering, progressive, expansive way rather yep. than like bitch about it, which is, again, like you said it perfectly, a waste of your creative energy. And it's yep. okay. Like you have the freedom to do that if that's what you feel inspired to do. Yet it just isn't as progressive of an expression and that is really what consciousness ultimately cares about and which is why all life is always looking to grow and expand and that's something that nature teaches us on a regular basis mm. yeah it's 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 a really it's a really it's a really amazing um revelation um the energy that's freed up yeah. and the other thing i notice is when you when you get into this energy of complaining your relationships start to be based on that so that becomes like your point of connection with people. You know, you get, oh, let's complain yes. about this, complain about that. And it's like, um, yes. so when people are reinforcing that complaining, yeah, those, those are your friendships with people that like to complain. So when you stop doing that, people can, it can be initially like people would be like, huh, what's going on with this? What's up with this guy, you know? Um, so how about that? Exactly. How about like, what I find is when people make these big shifts in their life, um, it, can, it can actually shake up relationships, you know, people that they've been friends with for a long oh, time, sure. even like spouses, um, and that can be challenging for people. Do you notice that when you make big changes in people that it can like, you know, kind of bring up things as far as the relationships that they've been in and this conscious jump in consciousness and then maybe a realignment? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. That's actually how I, how and why I started the Lightnings community. Because uh, as I started growing into being like the spiritual advisor and guide, a lot of people would say to me when they'd have these breakthroughs or revelations or awakenings, they would say, man, I love talking to you about this stuff. I have no one else I can talk to. My friends think I'm crazy. My family thinks I'm crazy. No one's understanding what I'm talking about. I'm losing my mind. And I just wanted to show them that you weren't crazy, that you're tapping into something amazing. And just people to explore together. And then it just became something and more this could be something you know to live in and that's where I kind of mold the practice uh, and the idea of shift is so because it's how it's for each person's relationship to see where relationships we're around your partner literally goes you haven't been We start navigating that and shifting through that. We step into more special ourselves. The game in order for all of us to move in the same place, everyone has to. So if anyone in any group of friends shifts into a greater version of themselves, everyone else has to shift too, or you guys won't be on the same path anymore. And it isn't that it isn't because anyone's right or wrong. It's just simply there's a different resonance and a different mindset of life that we function with, that we step forward with. It's just like living in a different world. And that that is true for everyone. So a lot of people look to find ways to relate to where they are with people. 
And some people uh, simply choose to be more in command of their lives. And if they, and they know how to really live from their heart space. And so as we're shifting into that, all of our experiences, all of our relationships are offering the opportunity to see where we can be that shift. And then it also encourages everyone else to do the same. And that is the only way things flow. If we all shift together or we shift in different directions. Um, and it's going to happen one way or the other. And that's okay. Because that's also part of life. Like nature doesn't complain about anything. Nature just adjusts. Right. And that's the most aligned thing. And um, the way I call it is just the shift because there's a lot of ideas about it being the, the like self dying um, and a rebirth, but that's still looking at it from identity. Right. So it's like, Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I feel like this is the death that is part of the locals. So of it is, it isn't so much like a death and rebirth life cycle as much as it's simply a shifting within the self because there's no death to any of it. There's no death to life. Life is beyond death. Even the idea of death is a creative exploration of consciousness. And so if we make it about just simply a constant shifting of, of, of self, and we look at that through everything. And so when you see plants wither, it's a shift of expression and it expresses itself differently. And the reason why I like to say it that way is just because it's less dramatic and therefore less of a mission to achieve. Like if everyone knew everything they wanted simply a choice away within the self, that's a far different journey of life. If everyone realized I don't have to take my power back from someone to be my power, I just have to choose to use more of it. That's like an extra step that's out of the way. Um, so when we're navigating life, it's just simply the journey of, of greater expression. So here's me being this version. And then my cycle is stepping into another version. That doesn't mean the old version of me dies. It means that version is still existing in that capacity within the self. I've just chosen to shift into another one that's a different expression. And in that other one, I could access it at any time. It's still there, still loved, still honored, yet there's still so much more to all of it. And in the end, it's all still a part of the oneness source creation of energy. So that shifting within ourselves is the game of life. And it is absolutely necessary in every relationship that if you shift, everyone else has to shift with you or you shift in a different direction and they go on their journey. Mm -hmm. It feels like the, the era that we're in now, we're shifting faster and faster, you know, especially for those of us who are on this yeah. path, we're shifting faster. Yeah. And so yep. it makes um, relationships, I'll just say different. I won't put any kind of good or bad thing on it, but it makes it different. You know, it's like right. uh, you're moving faster. So the relationships have to move. They, they can be more challenging in the sense of because I'm moving faster. Oh, you thought I was the same person I was last week. I just had this major spiritual explosion. And now, <laughs> now I'm this exactly. person, you, know? you know, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it can be, it can be jarring at times. You're like, man, I was just, but I was going to be there last week. And yourself was like, well, you're here this week. Let's go. <laughs> and right. then everyone else has to adjust. And, it, and that's also what makes relationships dope because it's the way that we constantly challenge each other within masculine and feminine energy to be more of ourselves. And when you start tapping into more of the truth, it's instantaneous. And that's why it, everything starts to accelerate. The closer we get to truth, the more instantaneous everything becomes. The less you hold on to things, the less attachments. Therefore, the less dwelling on things is necessary. 
like right now, sometimes we still dwell on certain things because we identify ourselves to be it and we, and we sit in there for a little while. Yet the more you align with truth, the less necessary the idea of dwelling is because the truth is just like, cool. And here's the next thing. Just like nature does. Like nature goes, cool. Here's the next thing. Oh, we're going to experience a drought here? Dope. Here's the next thing. And it's all reflective of the way that we're navigating our own creative potential in that. Without mm. a doubt. Mm. So you touched on you just touched on masculine and feminine. And when I was when I was at the um, the festival that we chatted at in North Carolina, you were you were talking you did a uh, a workshop that was at least partially about masculine and feminine. So just to talk, how does that relate to to what you're teaching and what you're sharing the masculine energy and the feminine energy? Uh, it's everything. It um so masculine and feminine energy is literally the relationship of all life, right? So it's it's literally the way that creation works. So we often, we speak of it in two because that's just limitation of uh, physical language, yet it's all one source energy, right? And it, what masculine and feminine reveals is that duality isn't actually real. Duality is a belief. Uh, it's a belief in opposing forces. Yet in actual existence, there's no opposing force to anything. Everything is constantly in support of greater expression. And when you look at masculine and feminine energy, that's all it actually is, is the creative force of energy, the, the law of gender, if you will, of that energy flowing, the, the creativity and the expressiveness, the creativity of feminine, the surrender of feminine, the, um, the cultivating, nurturing of feminine, and the deliberate movement and expression of masculine, um, the, the sacred container of masculine. It's like, this is the beautiful game of them. And so it's in all life. Like we have both in us, um, all life has it. It's, it's literally reflective of everything. Without that relationship, there'd be nothing. There would be no movement of existence whatsoever. So masculine and feminine is, is literally the crux of everything and is the reveal of where we're at in alignment of our lives because we can experience masculine and feminine in distorted ways and in aligned ways. And what we witness a lot in the world when we're playing it out from separation or duality-based thinking is the distortion. Because we still think that there's something wrong with something or there's an opposing force or that someone did something to us or that this person is messing up my life or all the judgments we have when really it's about both of them supporting each other in a way that witnesses the fullness expressed. And so that's the same thing that's true in our relationships, the same thing that's true in us. Um, when you're with a partner, someone is always more masculine energy led and someone's more feminine energy led, yet both will still play both roles within the relationship. And that's really what you can break all life down to. It's either in distortion or in alignment. Not right or wrong, not good or bad. Distortion and limited, aligned and expansive. And that way there's no judgment to either. It's just, okay, cool. So this distortion is showing me where to shift. And the relationship of men and women plays out that way. The relationship of women and women plays out that way. The relationship of men and men plays out that way. The relationship of transgender plays out that way. Uh, because there's only two genders in energy. Right. And then we can navigate the world of creation all we want um, of the physical context. But that relationship is literally the foundation of everything. Um, it is vital. The way that we process things, the way that we navigate all speaks to the way that we feminine energy. And it feels like you, 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 it's important to value, appreciate the power of both energies within yourself and around you. Yes. Yeah, yeah they are both a part of the power. Neither of them is a weakness. Um, they are both essential to living in your greatest expression.
And that's also why we witnessed the rise of the divine feminine now in life, where you see women um, rising to being more recognized and tapping into greater spaces, and you see men tapping into more of their feminine ability to feel. Yet the key to that, though, is to honor both capacities, that masculine energy like we, all, we often look at the patriarchal society as if that's all masculine is, and it's not. What we've been witnessing in the world is a distorted masculine, right? True masculinity, divine masculine, is honoring the relationship of its own masculine and feminine energy. It feels freely, yet also knows how to take action. It takes moments for rest and self-care, yet has no problem being decisive enough to change things. It... It, um, it allows itself to surrender to the flow and be vulnerable at the same time, be right in the mix of everything and intimate. And that dynamic is vital. And what we've experienced in life is a lot of this navigating where it's like something has to be, we have to either be this all masculine, no feminine, or be more feminine and forget masculine. And we started judging the, judging the shit out of ourselves across the board when both sides have a role that sees the whole fully expressed. And now that divine feminine is rising, what all that's saying is that on a greater scale, we're starting to realize the importance of feminine energy to our own growth and divine alignment. Cause that's actually the pathway through the divine. The feminine is how we access our divine because divine is our natural state, which means it's just a surrender into our natural state. And there's been civilizations that have already heralded women in, in great respect, yet it hasn't been across the board in humanity because of different interpretations and distortions based on feeling powerless and wanting to gain power. And then we play out that distortion in a lot of ways, which is where we created cultures that suppressed women in so many different ways because of our own judgment about feminine energy, not because of the energy of the women, but our own feeling of that within ourselves that the women represented. And when you're talking about men who are asking themselves to be more to life, there's no way for you to be more to life without recognizing the power that women have and that them being so powerful and them, and, and them being in our lives in this way. And this isn't just women uh, uh, more. There's also feminine-led men that also play that role in a relationship if they're with a masculine-led woman is that feminine essence is more the restorativeness. Yet the energy and the way women's bodies are built the same way men's bodies are built are reflective of different aspects of that energy. Uh, so being able to see the world from both perspectives are huge. And that's also, I'm gonna touch on this one other thing before I stop, before I go on further. Uh, when we talk about the rise of divine feminine, it is both recognizing women, yet something has been overlooked in regards to men because men are feeling more as in ways they've never been taught because that wasn't what we were taught growing up. And because of that, men don't know how to process their emotions fully yet, which is why you're seeing a lot of like mass killings, why the suicide rate for men has gone up, why the dropout rate for men has gone up, because we've been so focused on women, which is important. Yet again, if you focus too much on one side of the energy, they're both going to be distorted because you don't have one without the other. So while we're witnessing the rise of women, if we also don't start taking care of men who, are, who don't know how to feel the things they're feeling, we're gonna create more distortion going forward and then it's gonna get lopsided again. Cause this has happened to civilizations before where we've had women on top dominating and then men on top dominating and it was still divisive, still seeing one as good or better than the other. And it is important to recognize that we are all in this together and if we don't see each other as the support we are, we'll keep missing the point and keep missing the pathway to restoring that divine alignment. Making too much sense. 
Too much sense, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell that. I mean, I think that's a really important message right now. So I'm really glad that you're that you're sharing. Yeah. Such such a coherent, clear, yeah, beautiful way. So yeah, I'm grateful for that. Um, what about? Um, I want to ask you about victimization consciousness. Um, like, how do we be compassionate to people who see themselves in that space or feel themselves in that space, and also support them to move out of that space, right? Because if you're talking about empower empowerment, um, then mm -hmm. if someone's in a victim is if they're identified with victimization, then they're stuck and they can't move into a place of empowerment. So how do you address that or what, what do you, how do you speak to that? Uh, yeah. So the ability to both accept and encourage, um, I call that's what I call support, right? Support is the ability to hold space for someone and still remind them they're more, but without thinking there's something wrong with them pretending like they're not right. And all beliefs about us being limited are complete, pretending because we're so much more so we've all been in different points of view and we've all played out the victim role so if someone's in that game it's an opportunity to acknowledge like oh i've been there i get it and it's sometimes it's easy to overlook that when you're in a state where you feel more and you're like no it's so much better on the other side of that don't play the victim role own your power it's amazing you'll tap into more love and this and that yet we've all had our journey of tapping into that and so when it comes to and the way I, li I liken it is the truth, it never has to be forced. It never has to be defended. It never has to be explained. It simply, it simply asks to be offered. And the more we offer the truth, the more we give people the chance to access more of those divine sparks of remembering. And so when we're supporting people, it's about encouraging their growth even if that's taking a moment to just make peace with where you are, because part of growing is just that. Some people are so busy judging where they're at, they don't allow themselves to feel it, and then they keep perpetuating it. So our first step in practice is acknowledge where you are and love it and know that that's okay. And then at some point, make a decision to explore more of what you are, more of what you're capable of. Who are you beyond this story? And that relationship is the harmony of it. And it's and early on, it's easy to just go straight in like empowerment, blah, 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 oh, get activated. And everyone loves that feeling. It's just remembering that also that other aspect of um, nurturing is is important. It's just not dwelling on it. And that's that's the, the key is there's a difference between support and enabling. Enabling always keeps people in limitation. Support is always um, encouraging people to, to move past the limitation. Um, yet it starts with being able to accept them where they are because there's a reason why that experience is offering them an opportunity to something. And we want to be able to let them um, acknowledge it. You just don't want them to dwell on it, yet you still don't have to, like, force them if they do want to dwell on it. And that's just like with our work. It's like, here, here's some insight. People are like, well, yeah, but, like, cool. Sit, do your thing. And when you're ready, we're yeah. here. And that's and that's the whole thing because at some point, everyone's going to get there. And when you yeah. know that fully, because when you understand how truth works, you don't have to force it. You just give them the opportunity. And if they don't take it, dope. Opportunity is here for you when you want it. And then we go and we keep living because part of the journey is making sure we're living the example. The more we live it fully in ourselves, the more that activates the sparks in others, more so than our words and encouragement. It's all of it included, right? It's accept them where they are, remind them that they're more, and then live it so they can see the example. And then when I teach, it's that concept of uh, insight and application. So I'll, I'll offer them insight 
and then get them to do exercises and activities that get them to feel the feeling of, oh, okay, so now I have an experiential reference point, which is also really big because it's important for them to be able to identify it. Hmm. So those are kind of ways that we navigate that uh, as well, being able to accept them where they are and remind them that they're more. And it feels like when we're talking about absolute power, ultimate empowerment, if it's true empowerment, it really wouldn't be dependent upon where someone else is or what someone else is moving through or going through. Um, it's like, and I would say at deep level, it doesn't even matter what you're going through. It's like that sense of empowerment is in the now always, right? So it's like, if someone else is in a victimization consciousness and they're choosing to identify with that consciousness, then that's something that is in the now. So you accept that it's here. You don't, you don't need to resist it. But if they're, if they're interested in moving into something else, then you're available for that for them. And you are an example of something, a potential for something else for them. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's, that's the key to it all. Cause you know, I always tell people that experience is a service. Experience is a sacred opportunity of awareness. And that's what, what we recognize. That's what the reflection, the mirror effect is. That's what the feedback loop is, is your experience goes, cool. Here's where you are in your creative flow. What do you want to do? And in order for you to be able to acknowledge I don't know if mine's paused. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what point it cut off. Okay, so um, in order to to let it flow, it's about feeling because feeling is the only true form of communication. So, how I feel about my experiences is going to reveal what it's offering me. And if I don't listen to the feeling, I miss the point of the experience. And that's what happens a lot of times with the work I do. Um, sometimes clients or, or friends or community will overlook the feeling and think the answer has to be based on something outside themselves, which the answer is never there. And so what's cool also about that is when you allow yourself to feel, it will shift on its own because the feeling is just communicating, right? Emotion is just offering a message. You receive it. It flows. Then you have the freedom to choose. It's when we go, I don't like where I'm at. I'm doing this and I don't want to feel it. And I suppress it and I avoid it that we perpetuate the narrative. And that's where like that dwelling thing comes from. Cause no, if anyone who feels their emotions freely would never dwell. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's not necessary. The only time we mm -hmm. there. Okay, yeah, I'm back on that. Yeah, I love how Courtney is um, capturing some of your your top quotes. Feeling is the only true form of communication. She quoted you on, and uh, yes, Courtney, yes. <laughs> both are living in your greatest expression, masculine and feminine. A few other ones too. So, yes. yeah, nice. Uh, I love what you're sharing. Tell tell us about. Um, the light beings community. So you're you're based in Fort Lauderdale, right? Or Hollywood. Hollywood. In Hollywood, yeah. In Hollywood. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think um 
I don't know if, if I mentioned this to you, but I lived in Hollywood. I think I did mention to you back. I lived in Hollywood for like a year. This was this was back in like maybe like I don't even know when it was two thousand or the two thousand and I don't know, somewhere between two thousand zero and two thousand ten. <laughs> I was in I was in Hollywood, Florida, living for a year, and um, it's a really rich community. It's really it's really um, it's so diverse. Um, so many different kinds of people, different kinds of archetypes, all kind of like coming together into the same, the same place, which is, uh, just makes a really rich kind of landscape to, to connect and, and, and delve in together, which I uh, really enjoyed. I think Kevin is not here now, so we'll see if he comes back. But yeah, it's that, that community is just really, um, it's, it's, I really, I really appreciate it there. And whenever I go back down, which hopefully will be in the next few months. I really appreciate it down there. And there's like this sort of vibe of, um, it's like relaxed, but impassioned. You know, it's this kind of a mix of energies that's uh, interesting. It's kind of this, this kind of passionate energy, but also this kind of chill, relaxed. I think it is kind of like a mix of like California meets New York sort of a thing. Yeah. And then you had this tremendous influence of, um, you have the Caribbean influence, the Caribbean cultures. I think he's back. So you have this influence of all these different cultures coming together, which I find really, it's like this rich, this rich landscape to, to uh, explore together that I really find fun. Yeah, intense. Intense, but in like, a, in a, it's like spicy. That's more Miami, but uh, yeah, it's really cool. So I'm adding you back, Kevin. I think we're connecting coming in I think we're about to touch I see your picture coming up there you are <laughs> yeah so tell, tell us about tell us about the community that you have and what you have going on and what's happening there Uh, so the Light Beings community, I started a handful of years back uh, in Hollywood, and it was a like he has disappeared again um but uh yeah uh, he's got something really amazing he feels like it's happening down in hollywood and um it's something that um it feels like it's really bringing together these different elements you know these this elements of self-actualization and self-realization you know and together as one and i really appreciate that that's that's happening that's what i'm dedicated to and devoted to and um that's what I feel like we're being called to bring into being, you know? So it's, it's just, it's just an exciting time. It's like these teachings are, are new. They're really new. They're not new, but they are new. It's like in the, in the one, in the one sense they're they are, um, they are 
ancient, you know, they're timeless, but they're coming forward in this, this whole new way without the dogma of religion, without the kind of, you know, just straightforward, you know, and I feel like that's what's, that's what's, that's what's happening now. And it's bringing together this spirit and the world, this embodiment in this world together as one. That's just really, um, really rich. And, uh, and uh, just grateful that we're in this space and exciting to be in this time together. Are you back, my friend? <laughs> yeah, I guess this is my this is my reality creation of, of my segue to moving on the journey for the day. One more shot. You want to tell people what you're doing and and so um okay. So the Light Beings community um, started in, in Hollywood, and it's a way, it was a, it's a sacred container for people to come explore more of themselves and a pathway to stepping more into your greater expression. And we have a practice uh, that I've molded, uh, and it's the foundation of it. And then we do events. Um, we do a gathering that we were doing weekly, but we're moving it back to a month, a monthly basis, because there's a couple other events we wanted to start incorporating um, a sacred brotherhood. Kevin is froze. And uh, he's gone. So I think that's it. <laughs> I think that means that we're done. But the link is there. You can check out the link to check tune into what he's doing. And um, obviously, some really beautiful stuff that's happening that he's sharing. So um, thanks, you all, for being here. Thanks, all, for participating. Thanks for all your comments. And um, so much love and appreciation for you. Be back Friday, if not sooner. Um, I have a guest scheduled up for, for Friday, Sophia Sandari, and maybe see you before that. Wednesday night, we have the private community that I'm in, so you can check the link for that. I'm going to be in, uh, next week, I'll be in uh, three spots, in-person events. West Virginia, Sunday night. Uh, Asheville, Tuesday night. Atlanta, Wednesday night. So look for that. Got some retreats, some big retreats up. So... Check those out, and if you're interested in personal sessions, contact me for that. And uh, let's keep it going in the comments. We'll stay engaged with any questions, comments, stories, jokes. See you in the next now. <laughs>